welcome back to the IDP Bets Show. My name is Johnny the Greek. This is episode two. Good to see everyone. Hope everyone's having a good week. I am joined, as always, with Adam Markham at Adam IDP. He is the number one dynasty ranker for all of IDP. That is undisputed. He is also a podcaster and a known degenerate. Adam, how are you, sir? I am doing so good, especially now. We got uh, we got a big wig in the house tonight, Johnny. We do. Very special guest this week, Mr. Justin Barnes at Down With IDP. He is an IDP analyst for FantasyPoints.com. You can hear him on Sirius XM Radio, Guru in the Morning, uh, in the next few weeks here. Justin, how are you? Doing well. It's it's uh, funny, the irony of being a big wig and having zero wig uh is uh is uh, was not lost to me the irony was not lost on me uh man i'm so excited to be on this show like i i'm i'm such a big fan of the idp show and johnny obviously you and i go way back have been on many podcasts and and uh good good old twitter conversations uh happy to be here man i'm so glad that uh we've got idp props to talk about this is one of my i mean this as much as we've all we all love idp it's been great to dive into the betting world and and uh, get to use some of our powers for good as as opposed to evil like normal absolutely yeah man we are we are honored to have you dude i mean you have been absolutely crushing it this year every year but uh yeah i mean if you're not familiar with, with uh justin varnes i mean fancy points one of the best websites fantasy websites in the industry uh some of the best people doing it over there i'm a huge fan of scott barrett really cool you get to uh rub elbows with him but yeah i mean varns just does awesome work over there make sure you check it out uh you very graciously gifted us a sub and uh just an awesome website dude and a huge edge for dfs and if you're into that type of stuff as well yeah man really excited to be on the show looking forward to it all right, good stuff, gentlemen. Let's get right into it. We're going to do about three apiece here. We'll go round robin, and let's start with our special guest, Mr. Vards. What do you got for us in Week 10? All right, well, uh, one of my favorite games really on both sides of the ball uh, uh, this week is that Detroit um, uh, Chargers game. We, we have, we've got a ton of offense on both sides. Uh, I think there's some really good bets here. Um, I want to start with uh, Brian Branch, uh, safety for the Lions. Uh, I think this kid is a star in the making. He, he plays he plays all around the field for them. Uh, he he already had has won me a couple of bets, uh, hitting a couple of overs earlier in the season. Got injured, came back in week seven, only played half the time as they kind of got him ramped back up. Then in, then uh, in week eight, uh, he he put up, he played 100 percent of the snaps, uh, posted six tackles, uh, but that was against a Raiders offense that barely could get off the ground as we've been all been watching that whole dumpster fire uh, uh, occur. But they only produced 46 snaps against the, the Lions and Branch still got up to six tackles. So when I saw that his prop this week came out as over five and a half tackles and assists at just uh, minus 130 on DraftKings, uh, I, I was all over that. Uh, number one, I th- just think even in, in neutral matchups, he he should be above five, um, but particularly here against the, the Chargers, they've been a tackle haven for safeties. They they've been creating about fourteen tackles per game just to safeties. Uh, he's back to be. 
fully healthy, they're going to use them a ton. Remember that they don't have a ton of of, of linebacker help around uh, Alex Anzalone, so he does get a lot of work in the box. So I really like him this week against the Chargers team that shouldn't have uh, uh, should do a lot better than forty six snaps against the Lions this week. Yeah, that's a great call. I mean, you got to figure that um, he's going to play a ton of slots. I mean, he could be covering Keenan Allen quite a bit, who's going to get peppered with targets. Also, likely going to be covering Austin Eckler a good amount. So, I mean, he's going to be covering those main playmakers. But, yeah, in the games where he's played at least 70% of the snaps, he's he's gone over six tackles in, in each of each of those games. So, that's been three games this year. So, Brian Branch, he's, he's going to be a stud. I've been copping him to uh, Buda Baker a lot on the IDP show. Yeah. I, I love that, Adam. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's a great game you selected too. Uh, it's funny we talked about this before hit and record. We've all got plays from this game. You know, <laughs> forty nine point over under two top ten offenses indoors. Like it's literally perfect. It's uh, that's a great bet. I love that, uh, Mr. Markham. How about you, sir? What do you got? All right, I'm looking at the Denver Broncos and Buffalo Bills matchup. And while I think this could be a juicy one for the entire Buffalo D-line, my my favorite play of the bunch is Greg Rousseau. Over .25 sacks at plus 175 odds. So despite not having a sack in his last four games, Rousseau is still playing at a pretty high level. His PFF grade ranks 16th best among edge defenders, and his pass rush win rate ranks 33rd. His 14.1% pressure rate is the highest among his Buffalo teammates and ranks 31st among all edge defenders. Russell Wilson gets sacked 3.3 times per game, which is sixth most in the NFL, and that number has actually been up to 3.7 over the last three games. When you look at PFF's allowed pressure stats, Russell Wilson has been under pressure on 95 dropbacks this season, but 25 of those pressures allowed are credited to him. So this gives him the second highest QB allowed pressure rate behind only rookie Anthony Richardson, Wilson holds on to the ball too long and has a below-average wide receiver room. So I think Denver's going to have to to pass to stay in this game. Um, so I think that's going to give plenty of opportunity for Russo and all his buddies. What do you boys think? And plus, those are just great odds. You know, I know it's he's been cold, but just a really good matchup, good player. And you know, I, you know how it goes. Like these guys are aware that that they haven't had a sack and and in a month you know i feel like he's gonna he's gonna be trying to get after it try and correct that so i'm going through so here adam i love your your uh focusing on his uh his plus odds like there are great odds because you know as, as everybody on uh, on this stream knows uh when it comes to getting sacks like converting sacks to pressure you know pressures to sacks it is a, a crapshoot to a certain extent. I mean, what you can, you know, we look at those peripherals uh, like pressures and stuff to see if they're doing all the right things to get to the quarterback. Um, and sometimes the, you, you, uh, uh, an elite player will go three games without a sack. And then the next game they'll get, you know, two or three or sometimes five sacks. It just, it doesn't, it's not as clean as, as one sack per game. It's just not how the game of football goes. So anytime we build up 
that um, you know that drought, and that's going to turn into positive odds. I mean, just that alone makes me makes me like this bet. Anytime I've got an elite edge rusher who's giving me positive odds, I'm usually taking that because over the long haul, uh, at least kind of here early on in the first couple of years of me doing this, that has paid off. Uh, I, I love that that Russo's got a great matchup. Um, just a you know defensive line alone, uh, the 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 Broncos are giving up more than two sacks per game to a defensive line. Obviously, this should be a game where, where they'll get to go after after Russell Wilson quite a bit. And uh, you know, in general, we also need we also need these um, these uh, edge rushers to be on the field enough, right? Some some are some are only logging 20, 30, 40 percent of the snaps. But Russo has been over 50 percent of the snaps for every game, but his, but the last one uh, against Cincinnati, he's normally in the 60 to 70 percent range. I've seen he's getting a lot of snaps. That's that's that many more reps where he's going to be able to generate pressures. I, I love this bet. I got to be honest with you, even if it doesn't hit, I just think that the math of that, I, I'm all for. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on this also, uh, Adam. Really good stuff. And the .25 is huge because that, that can be a difference yeah. between between DraftKings and FanDuel too. I, I got hosed with that on Jermaine Johnson last week. Uh, I think it was Jermaine. It might have been Bryce Huff. Whoever had the half sack for the for the Jets last week, it hit in DK, didn't hit in FanDuel. So so the .25 is is massive. That's that's really good stuff right there. Uh, and yeah, and, and just other kind of outside factors. The Bills need a get right game. They haven't had a proper mm. "We're the Bills, we need to kick the crap out of you" type game in a while. And Denver is looking like that. You know, could be could be the one. Uh, so I like that. I like the plus money as well. Uh, like Justin said, that's good stuff. Uh, beautiful. A couple of good ones to start. I am also targeting the uh, Chargers and Lions game because it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm going to go with the cornerback. That should be no shock to anyone that knows me. Uh, so I'm going to go with Sante Samuel Jr. over three and a half combined tackles. It is minus 145, but as we talked about the last time we did this show, I'm not doing these as straight and I'm not doing these as parlays because, you know, a parlay, an injury, um, you know, just a bad week, whatever can can screw you. Uh, I par parlay round robin, which uh, Adam mentioned earlier. And I'm it, Adam, just real quick. Are you a fan of, of that approach? It's the best. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Parlay round robin is the way to go because you can still make a ton of money and you're not screwed if something happens. Uh, so I'm going to parlay round robin everything I talk about tonight and probably a couple few things these guys talk about as well. Uh, so Asante Samuel over three and a half combined. He's hit this six of the last seven games. And some of those games were against, uh, you know, not the Detroit Lions in their top 10 passing offense. Uh, this is, as we mentioned before, a very high over-under. It's indicative of a lot of offense, a lot of sustained offense. I think this is a back-and-forth affair. I think the Lions uh, may have to pass a little bit more than they typically do. They're, they're a very even, uh, mm. you know, 50-50 type team, right? Excellent. I think they're the number six rushing offense. I looked that up earlier today. Like, they've got a top 10 passing and rushing offense, and they, they're pretty much right down the, the middle with the split but against this very powerful Chargers passing attack, they may have to pass a little bit more to stay with them. That helps Asante Samuel. I, I think four tackles out of Asante Samuel Jr. in this matchup is totally doable at minus 145. 
Yeah, I, I like that one too. Um, and, and I love that you mentioned how balanced the Lions are on offense, which which they are. Uh, but even as a balanced offense, uh, they they produce. 12 tackles to cornerbacks per game as Samuel will be in, in line for a good chunk of that. So I, I, I do like this bet as well. And it's hard, it's hard to imagine that this is just going to be ground and pound for, for, for the lions this week against the chargers. Um, so I also like this bet uh, and I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not scared of, of the minus 145 for the exact reason you said. And this is, there's a little, you know, we won't get too deep into the to the uh, philosophy of this, but um, I've you, because of, because right now some of these bets look so good, uh, and and a lot of us are hitting 60, 70 per, percent on these, um, and particularly when you're doing round robin, um, there are just bets that it's hard to leave out there because. Even, you know, I think sometimes we can get too scared of that minus number. Um, if if it, if we think it's going to hit, um, you know, if you guys aren't familiar with break-even percentage, the, the listeners, make sure you check that out. It's a really good way to kind of break out, you know, break down whether or not the line you're looking at is actually favorable. Just because it's a big minus number doesn't mean it's a bad bet. And I think uh, this Samuel bet is a great example of that. Nice. Uh, all right, uh, Adam. Unless you got anything, we'll go on to number two for Mr. Varnes. Yeah. Right, love, the, love the calls. All right, I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay with this uh, just 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 in keeping with the theme. I will break this for our for our last one, but I want to talk about that same game because something interesting has happened over the last couple of weeks with the uh, the Chargers linebackers. I want to talk about Eric Kendricks. Uh, Kendricks's prop is over seven and a half tackles at minus one twenty on DraftKings. Um, he gets a stellar matchup this week. Uh, um, because uh, you know, balanced offense, as, as we talked about, um, the Lions are the number two offense for creating tackles to linebackers. Um, the way this defense shakes out is, even though Eric Kendricks doesn't play every snap, he you know he's normally in the eighty-ish to ninety-ish percent. Um, he is in position to get a ton of tackles. I mean, even even in games when he's not hitting. Um, uh, you know, hundred percent, he's still usually getting, you know, eight, nine, 10 tackles. Um, uh, the really interesting thing is I think this prop bet should be, uh, I think it should be eight and a half. The fact that it's seven and a half makes me like it more. Here's why I think it's, it's a little lower than it should be. Um, the last two games, um, both, you know, um, Eric Kendrick has played fewer snaps. He's had lowered usage for the last two games in a row, but the entire uh, defensive starters for the Chargers have all had fewer snaps because uh, the Chargers have had back to black, uh, back to back blowout games against the Bears and the Jets. So their entire defensive starters, they all got snaps off. So it all of a sudden looks like uh, Kendricks has lost snaps. He's his production has been clipped a little bit, but that's to me mostly due to the matchup. Uh, I do not see a blowout in the Chargers' uh, future th this weekend. Vegas has the Lions minus three. Uh, you know, Johnny, as you were saying, I, I, we all think this is going to be a hotly contested game, a shootout. I'm pretty sure Kendricks is going to get a ton of snaps this week. So uh, the fact that it's at seven and a half and not eight and a half makes me like this. This is a number that Kendricks has hit plenty of time this season, uh, and 
being a phenomenal matchup against the Lions as it is, being the fact that it's a shootout and the fact that I think it's a uh, one tackle lower than what it should have been is, is the reason I'm in on this bet. I also like all those factors, and it's only minus 120. I'm happy about that. Nice. Yeah, no, agreed completely. The The problem I'm running into with this particular matchup is that uh, with a round robin, you, you can only take one out of the matchup. So, like, right. I, I, I want to take Kendricks, Murray, Samuel, Branch, like all those guys and, and throw them in. But, uh, yeah, so I'll have to do a few different round robins. Love that call, though. Uh, Adam, what do, you, what do you think about that? And then what do you got for your second one? I love it, man. I mean, I've... I've uh... I'm not really concerned about these. I mean, the thing with Kendricks is maybe he's also the snaps are down because he is coming back from that injury, you know, that he had early on in the year. So maybe they're just kind of being a little cautious with them early on. But even so, if he's going to get at least 80% of the snaps, I don't care. You know, we, we live in a world now where we can't always get these 100% of the snap guys. Who cares? Eric Kendricks, 80%. That can easily be 10 tackles when the matchup's right. So, yeah, love that call. Um, speaking of kind of these part-time-ish linebackers, I'm going here with Anthony Walker boys. <laughs> a surprise. I like to, I like to keep everyone on their toes. And on the first episode, uh, I led off with Kyle Van Noy, Justin. So that actually worked out, but, uh, uh my heart just skipped a beat just hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your boy, your boy's wild. I'm telling you. Uh, all right. Anthony Walker here. Over five and a half tackles plus assists. That's plus 105. So Anthony Walker's playing 70% of the snaps this season. So I know it's scary not going with the 100% of the snaps type guy. But folks, this Baltimore uh, matchup is just too good to ignore. I'm looking at the tackle allowed chart that our friend John Macri of PFF puts out every week. And Baltimore is number one in tackles allowed to linebackers, giving up 20 tackles per game to the position. Also, remember, Cleveland has already played Baltimore once this season. In that matchup, Anthony Walker played 70% of the snaps and finished with six solos and three assists. It's been a down year for Walker, and I think he's due for some positive regression in the second half of 2023. For his career, he's averaged 6.4 tackles per game and has a career tackle rate of 14.9%. For 2023, he's averaging just 4.3 tackles per game, and the tackle rate is 10%. I love this play, Anthony Walker over five and a half tackles plus assist. I was looking at this game uh, uh, basically for a lot of the same reasons uh, you were, Adam. Just the, the matchup is incredible. And, you you know, I was I was staring at these three linebackers, or mainly two, of, you know, just Anthony Walker and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and trying to decide which way to go. And I wanted and, – and, and I have some things where I'm going to probably end up using uh, – I've got – I've got – both of them sprinkled in into some some uh, some bets. I love the fact that because there is no locked in quote unquote every down linebacker, we get these lowered props. I mean, you're going to have a linebacker who's likely going to play seventy to eighty percent of the snaps, playing the number one offense for creating linebacker tackles, and his prop is only five and a half. I mean, that's, you know, there is a, there's a, if all goes well, there's a, there's a chance that this is going to hit before halftime. I mean, it's, it's just possible right now. There is obviously that uncertainty because their snaps, you know, uh, uh, kind of run hot and cold, depending on a lot of factors, depending on uh, defensive formations and, and whatever. But Walker is the most experienced. He's the most complete linebacker they have there in terms of uh, veteran presence and all that sort of stuff. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the field a good amount of time. So uh, 
uh, yeah, I definitely like this one too. He's just, again, the mat, here's what we've learned. The matchup is so important. And these offenses that continually load up uh, with, uh, you know, their offense is built to create action at the linebacker level. I mean, at some point it's just, you know, as we said before, it's just a numbers game. And I, I think Walker's going to be out there for, for plenty of snaps to hit six tackles. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's funny you guys mentioned this because I was doing the same thing you're both talking about earlier today, <laughs> staring at this game and and looking at those two linebackers. And I almost went with Grant Delpit because I couldn't decide between the two linebackers. So I was like, eh, you know, maybe maybe the safety gets it done. But uh, Adams convinced me. I'm I'm doing it. I'm adding Anthony Walker. Love it. I mean, you know, they're playing Baltimore too, and it's like of that group, who's the biggest dog? It's right, Anthony right. Walker, you know. I feel he's the captain. Like I feel like he he. This is a game for Anthony Walker. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like you said, they they, they played. You're, they've already played, and Walker easily crushed this. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we we have direct matchup. He's again, it's the numbers game. He's probably going to get the most snaps of the linebackers. The guy's going to get the most snaps against the the team that creates the most amount of tackles on a prop bet that looks more like a. Uh, like a safety prop as opposed to a linebacker prop. It's good stuff. Yep. Yep. Excellent stuff there. All right. Uh, Okay. So for my second one, I promise last time I'm going to talk about uh, Chargers Lions. (laughs) I'll move on after this, but uh, Kenneth Murray at six and a half combined tackles. Uh, It is minus 140, but once again, parlay round Robin, you'll be fine. Uh, It just feels incredibly easy this week. So, He's hit this uh, four games in a row in six out of the last seven. The Lions are the sixth overall rushing attack in the league. They average about 131 yards per game on the ground. Uh, We just saw that breakout game from Gibbs a couple weeks ago. So they have talent on top of talent at the running back position, uh, which is great for Kenneth Murray. Um, This is, you know, we we talked about this, one of the most balanced offenses in the league. Uh, All the good factors we've already mentioned, high over under, no weather shenanigans should be a highly contested game. Just when I saw six and a half, I, I just couldn't believe it was that low for Kenneth Murray. It's almost like it's reversed a little bit. Like, like they don't understand that Murray's been the guy this year. They still think it's Eric Kendricks. Yeah. And, and uh, Johnny, I really do. I mean, you know, I don't know for sure, but uh, when I went back and tried to figure out why both of these guys uh, uh tackle props were a solid, I think, Kendrick's tackle prop is one tackle too low. And I think Murray's tackle prop is two tackles too low. Um, And I think it's because if you look at their usage over the last two weeks, it looks like they have been playing a lot less football, but it's because they were in blowouts. And I'm not sure how, however they run this algorithm to figure out, um, uh, you know, how to come up with this number. My guess is, However that happened, it wasn't factored in the fact that that these linebackers were rested in a blowout and played fewer snaps than normal, and that's not going to happen this week. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adam, unless you got anything? Love it, dude. Yeah, that was the one that stood out to me when I was looking at everything. You know, to start, I was like, what in the world? Six and a half makes zero sense. But yeah, I mean, there's one, there's usually one or two of those a week. Last week it was Devin White. I think he was like minus five and a half, six and a half, I believe. But uh, yeah, this, this, this week it was, uh, yeah, this fella right here. Beautiful. All right. Let's move on then to number three, Mr. Varnes. What do you got? 
All right. Well, I normally don't like to play uh, uh, overs that uh, that push into the double digits. Um, but uh, in tracking even the bets that I don't make, um, I, I'm I'm looking more and more for for these rare opportunities because um, when you get the right linebacker, the right offense, et cetera, uh, these are the games that often end up with 12 and 14 and 16 tackles out of a linebacker. So uh, I've become less and less scared of getting to that double digit mark. And that's going to be Roquan Smith this week. He's his um, on DraftKings. He's over nine and a half tackles and assists. I love the odds at even they're plus 100 odds at DraftKings. And that's one of the things um, uh, that, that made me uh, excited about this, you know, even without Nick Chubb, Cleveland is still uh, producing a massive amount of, of 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 tackles. They are still one of the top running offenses. That's just their their offensive identity is to run the ball a ton. They're built for that. Their offensive line is built for that, and uh, and really that has not changed even even without Nick Chubb. So a ton of action at the again at the linebacker level. Smith has hit ten plus tackles in five of his nine games. Uh, which is, you know, typically below my threshold for taking the over. But the fact that it's such a good matchup uh, makes me want a piece of that, particularly when the break-even percentage is right at 50%. Uh, you know, if, if, if I had, basically, if I had to make this bet every week, uh, I would absolutely make it. It's only got to hit, he's only got to hit over 50% of the time. And I, I'm, I'm feeling good about this. Great matchup. Uh, and uh, he, he, he played, uh, Roquan Smith played played the same matchup earlier this season, and he had ten tackles. So, so just you know, Adam, as you were talking about before, in this you know in the matchup, we've already seen this matchup once this week, and he hit the uh, uh, once this season. He's hit the over. Cleveland's known for being for producing massive tackles to linebackers. Uh, he's an incredibly talented linebacker. He's their primary tackler, their primary LB. He's going to play every single snap. All those things, particularly with plus 100 odds, makes me uh, kind of break my rule and go for an over on a nine and a half tackle uh, prop. Yeah, and that's worked out a lot this year. You know, I mean, there's been so many of these dudes hitting these high tackle numbers. I mean, the Zaire Franklins, the Foyers, the Roquans, the Wagners. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I'm not scared at all. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, yeah, and uh, good point you made there, too, about, what was it, five out of nine games? He, he's been into mm -hmm. the double digits. It could be more than that. When we factor in those two bloodbaths, uh, Lions and uh, the one one last week where they, they played for a cup of coffee, came out in the third quarter or whatever, right? right? right. Like, that that's production that was left on the field. That That's that's points that we would get in a closer matchup, and you got to assume a healthy Deshaun Watson in a Cleveland team that's looking a lot better is going to be a better matchup, a divisional game too. In, instead of just some NFC team that goes over to Baltimore and gets their brains beat out, you know, like, uh, <laughs> should, I, I like it. I'm adding that to, uh, to my, to my, uh, personal list here. I like it. <laughs> hey, that's going to be a, a wild game, huh? I mean, that, that what, what do y'all think is going to happen there? Man, that's six to that's three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, this is great because obviously Cleveland's defense is is amazing. This is this is the Cleveland defense we've all been kind of waiting for. They've been they've been trying to build this type of defense for the last three or four years, and it's finally all clicking. I, you know, you you know, Johnny, you mentioned Grant Delpit earlier. I think he's a big reason why this why this why this defense is, is clicking so well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson. Uh, this is this is going to be uh, the uh, you know the un 
the immovable object and the unstoppable force is going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. I actually would not. Yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised if it does turn out one of those like those old ass, uh, you know, <laughs> AFC games where the where it ends up six to three or or some, you know, like some like baseball score, like it somehow ends up like nine to five. And you're like, I'm, yeah. how did that even happen? <laughs> yeah. Safety, a field goal, <laughs> three it. other field goals for the other side. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Not a single touchdown. But yeah, we'll take all those tackles in between. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like the number three and the number one overall defense, I think, yep. facing off this week. That's uh that's gonna be good. All righty, Mr. Markham, what do you got for number three? All right, I'm going Jordan Poyer under seven and a half tackles plus assist. That's minus one forty-five this week. He has been on fire over his last three games, racking up twenty-eight tackles, which is good for nine point three tackles per game. On the season, he has 52 total tackles, and he's averaging 6.5 per week. This is just a bad matchup. Looking again at John Macri's tackled allowed data, Denver ranks dead last in safety tackles allowed per game, allowing just 10.4 per week. Denver also is last in offensive plays per game, so tackle opportunities could be limited. I don't go under often, but this feels like a pretty good time to do so. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's funny how... Um, you know, in in a lot of other betting circumstances, it's uh, mo you know usually unders hit more than overs. There's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, people love to bet the over. It's way yeah. more exciting to bet for bet the over than it is the under. Um, uh, and then obviously you have you know uh, injuries and, and and whatnot. But so far in IDP this year, overs have 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 easily outpaced the, the unders. Uh, and um, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's, you know, this is another one of those things where like. I'm not sure that the matchup is being weighted properly. I think I think the 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 recent um, it, and I, I don't have all the numbers on this, but 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 my my feel for this in terms of how these props are coming out is that it's that it's weighted a little too much in uh, recent history and not enough in the matchup and I, I i do i know that the matchup is somehow factored in i can i we can see that as the numbers go up and down but i'm not sure it's quite adjusted correctly and i think this is a great example of that denver is just terrible against defensive backs whether it be cornerbacks or safeties and yeah exactly uh as macri said i mean they're just not getting the ball uh that deep they're not getting the ball out to the safeties they're you know they're a terribly unproductive offense also, they're a terribly slow offense, and that is just the killer. So you, you have three factors working against you. Number one, the offense, the offensive identity is not getting the ball to the safety uh, to safety depth very often. Number two, they are a slow offense and they are a poor offense. So I'm going to combine those two. That means it takes them forever to hike the ball in between, right? So they burn a lot of clock. And then when they do finally hike the ball, it's way too many three and outs. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're not, they're not staying on the field long enough to have value for the other side of the team. And number three, because there's such a terrible defense on the, you know, on the other side of the ball, that means Buffalo is likely to stay on the field even longer. 
So right. I think the time of possession is going to be so heavily weighted toward Buffalo that Poyer is just going to be sitting on the bench watching his team dominate and not out there getting enough tackles. And and seven and a half is pretty high for 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 a safety, particularly a, a safety like Poyer who is who doesn't spend a clear majority of his snaps in the box. Yeah, yeah, um, dude, I am so with you on this. People think I'm crazy when I talk about stuff like this, time of possession and game flow and game script. Yes. It is so true. I could see this already coming where where they're down, you know, 18 at halftime, quick third quarter touchdown for the Bills. And not only is Jordan Poyer going to rest at the end of the third quarter, but the Bills have dominated time of possession so completely that he's barely played to begin with. And it's against one of the worst offenses in the league, passing offenses. I think it was like 28th last time I looked. And they're one of the worst passing offenses in the leagues in terms of wide receiver targets. So who, who are they going to get it to at the safety depth? Uh, you know, the tight, the tight end. I don't even know who their tight end is right now. Like, right. does, the, does that guy exist? Uh, so yeah, th this feels great. And that's a huge number too. Seven and a half. Like, uh, that feels like a Cincinnati number from last right. week. Right. Instead, instead of a Broncos number this week. Yeah. Good, good point, Johnny. Good point. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you were talking about like you know, the whole like time of possession and all that. Uh, if you, if you own any San Francisco 49er IDP, you, you know, like, for example, Fred Warner is one of the best football players, not best linebackers. He's clearly that one of the best football players right in the game. But he doesn't typically rack up 12 and 14 and 16 tackles. You know why? Because his defense is barely on the field. Right. The San Francisco offense is dominant. Their defense is dominant. And and they just they don't have to be on the field very much. They're very well rested. They don't play a ton of snaps. Year in year out, Fred Warner doesn't play nearly the snaps as a lot of other linebackers on way worse teams who spend a lot more time on the uh, on the field. Uh, and so that's kind of like the the macro version of it. But when you really dial down here, uh, Adam, I think you're 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 on the nose. I mean, every single factor that we look at collectively to make these bets all point down and you know if that were five and a half or if that, if that were six and a half i would probably still consider taking the under but i'm definitely taking it at seven and a half i hadn't thought of that one yet so uh if you don't mind Adam, I'm, I'm gonna tail that one this week that's a great one yes sir oh yeah i'm stealing it too absolutely i was i was looking at that for corners to go under on but because razul just got there it's kind of a mess so i don't know who's going to be on Cortland sutton and, and that's the guy that'll get all the targets. See, this, this is where our brain goes with all these things, right? You could see, you could see it going out, but a uh, great call, Adam. Love it. Uh, hey, I'll uh, also one, one last one. I saw, uh, we think that Buffalo is going to dominate time possession. Josie Jules, it's minus six and a half. So I've yeah. thrown that one into a round Robin. I know that him and Singleton's roles have kind of uh, switched, but I mean, it's still like, he's still getting like 80%. So who cares? He can easily get that. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I that, that's that's one of the ones I'm going with as well. I, I, I like Jewel for all, all the same reasons we're talking about with Anthony, Anthony Walker and Eric Kendricks. Yeah. Uh, these guys aren't playing every single snap, and I think it's it's put their their uh, their projected tackles on these props a little lower than they should be, and the matchup just just. This is, this is one of those games where I'm pretty sure Singleton and Jewel are going to spend a ton of time on the field racking up tackles. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just set up that way. I like that one too. Yeah, that's a good call. Love that. Uh, all right, I'll get us out of here on this last one here. So I am going to go to Seattle and Washington 
And I'm going to take Devin Witherspoon over three and a half combined tackles. It is minus 160. So once again, parlay it, round robin it. He's hit this five of the last six games. And this kind of blew my mind when I saw this, but the Washington Commanders are the ninth overall passing attack in the league. When did that happen? Uh, They target their wide receivers the third most overall. So Witherspoon should see plenty of action this week. In fact, they have 212 wide receiver targets through nine games. That's about 24 a game. Witherspoon sees a third of that, gets a couple few tackles. We're good. Uh, Seattle is favored by a touchdown. Commanders, uh, Seattle's coming off a bad loss too. I think this is a get right game for them against a frankly crappy team. Um, the commanders could end up, should end up in negative game script, be forced to abandon whatever, you know, semblance of a run game they had to begin with and just throw every down anyway. Uh, Vegas seems to think so with the 45 point over under as well. Uh, They think there'll be some points here and some offense. So it's four combined tackles for Devin Witherspoon against the top 10 passing offense. I think that's totally doable. He's playing a lot more slots these days, and so I mean that's that's really going to help his tackle numbers. But yeah, I mean that's that's Washington every single game, right? They get down <laughs> and then they just air it out, and they make a game of it. I mean, you know. But yeah, that's that's a good call. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, uh, Adam, you're talking about them airing it out. I mean, they run the ball just 35 percent of the time. I mean, you know, they they literally barely run the ball. Uh, you know, uh, enough to even be qualified as an as an NFL rushing attack. They throw it a ton. Uh, Witherspoon is a phenomenal player, um, but in the in the eyes and minds of a of an NFL head coach, he is still a rookie, and he will still get targeted until they eventually learn <laughs> learn their lesson. And so we'll take that all day long. You know, you know, in the in the heat of the moment, they're going to they're they're going to test the rookies. We've seen this time and time again. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of talk about the whole like rookie corner rule and how valuable. Um, you know, that is, or or how that actually works out to me, one of the big ways it works out is you have to be, you you can't just be a rookie corner. You have to be a talented rookie corner that plays a ton of snaps and that, and that will get tested and come through in those tests. And, and that's Devin Witherspoon. And I definitely think they're going to YOLO it his way, you know, and this is one of those ones I think where it's like, um, uh, I can see them trying to establish the run early. Uh, because Seattle is, is more uh, susceptible to the run than they are the pass, although they're really not good against either one at the moment. Um, and then I see this prop being one of those ones where you go into halftime and Witherspoon has one or maybe two tackles, and then in that third and fourth quarter, you know, this starts to ring like a slot machine as as, as they just have to pass, pass, pass. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love it. And and you're so right about that. I, I, I don't really call it the rookie corner rule anymore. I call it the lesser of two evils rule. Cause, <laughs> like cause it, you know what I mean? Because from yeah. their mindset, it's the lesser of two evils. I'm throwing at a guy that's been here for two months instead of five years or whatever. And uh, it works for us. Yeah. We, hey, we, um, it, it, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to make a stupid baseball reference to the fact that rookie rookie hitters just get fastballs, you know, and they just, you see all these rookies hitting home runs left and right. And they look like, you know, and, and even though they keep hitting home runs, veteran pitchers will still just throw fastballs at them until, until, and then eventually they throw the curve and then these guys are out of the, out of the game in, in, in three years. But that first year is quite amazing. And, uh, with going to be around for a while, but point being is that veterans, they're like, I don't care how good this kid thinks he is. I'm still going to throw at him. And, and, and we, you know, this is one of those games, I think.
do we think that Witherspoon is the cornerback one in Dynasty? I mean, who even is his competition at this point? I mean, it's uh, I guess Jerry Sneed would still be, I guess, lingering if 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 you're. but he he's really his his role is switched and he's really not what he was. But I mean, who's even the next corner up after Witherspoon? With him, I, I mean, as I like to t- call him, t- t- Tyreek Stevenson is pretty solid, but but he's not Witherspoon. That's for sure. It probably is Witherspoon. It it probably is. This thing changes so much though. I was convinced it was Tariq Woolen before the season started, and uh, <laughs> look how wrong I was on that. Right? So who who the hell knows? <laughs> Yeah. I I think I think you might be right, Adam. I mean, you know, well, look, let's let's talk about Snead here. He's he's a great example of this. Last year, he was a dominant tackler because he played so much in the slot, right? They were, and then about about a month left into the season, they switched him to being much more, uh, um, you know, a wide corner. And then this year, he's basically played almost exclusively out there. Uh, and they've got um, I'm blanking on their slot corner. Oh, McDuffie. McDuffie. Yeah. yeah, I've made so much money off of betting on Trent McDuffie this year, uh, you know, with him basically playing kind of the Sneed role. And Sneed is playing really well, but every single year or, every, you know, even game to game, the secondary can change so much, which is why it's so hard for us to to pinpoint any cornerback to have any sort of consistency year in, year out. I think you have to really be playing at a high level to stick outside uh, and and know that you're going to be there for a long time. And I definitely think Witherspoon is that guy. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to corners, uh, I mean, it's hard to pick, picture somebody else uh, holding that moniker now. He's, he's killing it in his rookie year. He's probably going to have that spot locked up for years. And uh, Seattle's got a lot of work to do. Um, before they're before they're a dominant defense again, which means he should be playing a ton of snaps. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Hey, uh, let's let's give you the floor here. So they, they, I'm on the IDP Show Network. They know me. They know Adam, Mr. Varnes. Where can we find your work? What do you do in season? The floor is yours. Uh, well, as you guys have uh, graciously mentioned, uh, I'm one of the IEP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com, uh, the website run there by John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Graham Barfield, all those guys. I handle the other side of the ball over there. Uh, you can catch me on Guru in the Morning, John Hansen's, uh, John Hansen's Sirius XM radio show from time to time. Uh, and then obviously you can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. Uh, and you know, this year has been fun. You know, last year I did a lot of, um, uh, defense and special teams along with IDP this year, I've shifted most of that over to props. Uh, and you know, it, it, look, if you've been playing IDP casually in, in IDP leagues, um, and, and, uh, betting hasn't come to your state yet, just know that you are building up a massive amount of experience that are, that's going to help you soon when betting gets to you. And uh, all these IDP props uh, pop up of guys you know very well because you've been playing in IDP leagues and a lot of your neighbors have not been. So uh, I think we've all been enjoying all these IDP props. Uh, so that's been more of my focus uh, as well as obviously just the regular IDP stuff over at Fantasy Points. That's awesome. That is good stuff, man. And we are very thankful that you came on this week. Mr. Markham, any parting words? 
Yeah, uh, Mr. Varnes, you are an absolute legend. Um, very thankful for that, to have you on the episode with us. You're welcome anytime you want. This is a blast. You you really uh, you crush it tonight, and uh, I thought we we did a great job, guys. I thought this was uh, we with ten plus, you know, strong bets. I mean, uh, I think we should all be millionaires after this weekend. So, good job, you guys. Well. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to see us again because pretty soon all three of us are going to own private islands if this keeps going. So <laughs> catch us while you can before you're like, what happened to those guys? I don't know. I, I think one of, I think I saw Adam drive me drive by in a Maserati. It was it went very quick and that was it. So that'll be yeah. us hopefully very soon. If, if you see us in 12 years and we're still on here, uh, you know, uh, then you should feel sorry for us. <laughs> uh, well, that's beautiful. All right, fellas. Thanks again. Good luck, everyone. Good luck in week 10. Uh, we'll see you when we do this again. What, Adam? Week or two? A couple, few weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. Whenever you guys want to. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much for having me on. Love the IDP show. Big fan of both of yours. I love what you guys are doing, putting all this great IDP stuff together in one central location. Uh, we need more of that kind of stuff. So thanks for uh, holding the IDP fort down for us. Definitely want to come back anytime you guys want me. Thank you, man. Sounds good. Take care, everyone. Have a good one.